Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. If you happen to live in San Francisco, well, rather, really any city along the coasts, you know you're probably in for good seafood. And here in San Francisco, we love our oysters. But they're not just food. They provide habitat for other organisms. Rock crabs, dungeness crabs, we love those guys, and they're super San Francisco. He says the Olympia oyster has superpowers. They're filter feeders that clean the bay's water, and they create reefs that protect our coastal infrastructure from rising seas. And now, a group of volunteers, and some chickens, are doing the work to try and save a native species of oysters right here in the Bay Area. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mallory Sumera, and this is Bay Current. My colleague, KCBS Radio reporter Raquel Maria Dillon, had the chance to speak with the Wild Oyster Project and learn about the hardworking sea creatures for a special report this week. I sat down with her to hear more about it. Saving a native species requires a lot of effort. In the case of a West Coast native oyster, the Olympia, it involves volunteers, marine biologists, plus restaurants, and a flock of chickens. In this case, CBS's special report, Raquel Maria Dillon introduces us to the San Francisco Bay's native bivalve, its story of survival, and its many fans. Howdy. Oyster show. Chris Connors is a volunteer with the Wild Oyster Project. Today, he's what they call shell schlepping, gathering empty oyster shells from restaurants by the bucket and bringing them to a plant nursery to be pecked at by the chickens who live here. (laughs) The chickens will get in there and clean off just the extra meat that's still on there. They love it. So this is an effort to save a native species called the Olympia oyster. Uh, It is a tiny little bivalve. They are smaller than the other oysters you're used to, the Pacifics, the Atlantics. They grow slower, but they are what the native peoples of the Bay Area subsisted on. Um, You know, they're, they're found in those huge shell mounds. They are used to be all over the Bay uh, and what happened was the gold rush came when there was hydraulic mining up in the mountains. All of that silt came down and covered the bottom of the bay and destroyed the habitat for these oysters and many other creatures that live on 
oyster reefs um, and uh, native species that depend on the oysters. What about um, this project, the Wild Oyster Project, right? What is it about them um, that caught your attention? There's a lot of like save the whales, save the sharks, uh, save the salmon kind of efforts. And those species, you know, while they're a little bit slimy, they're, uh, you know, charismatic. Um, They're predators or um, they seem sort of magical. The people at the Wild Oyster Project say that even though the Olympia oyster does not seem to have any superpowers, it does. It is a filter feeder, so it cleans the bay water. It is also uh, habitat, as I mentioned, uh, habitat for um, other invertebrates as well as fish. Uh, And the oyster reefs also protect what I'm going to call human habitat, meaning infrastructure that we depend on. highways and bridges an oyster reef can protect from sea level rise, whether it's storms or king tides or whatever. Uh, They are an integral part of the Bay ecosystem, which has been so altered by the presence of European civilization. I mean, it's not just about food. Um, Like you said, they are filters for the sea. And I'm sure, I mean, the Wild Oyster Project, their efforts, it probably has only been ramped up by climate change and all of the things that are are happening. So it must be urgent now, right? I mean, especially as oceans are getting hotter and hotter. Right. One of the threats to the Olympia oyster is lack of habitat. The other is the bay is getting warmer. And we're hearing just this week about another uh, red tide um, possibly uh, starting in the bay. That can't be good for oysters. The populations of Olympia oysters, they they fluctuate naturally. I asked the marine biologist who works for the Wild Oyster Project, isn't it just like a miracle that they are still here given all of the habitat destruction um, and the basically competition from uh, the imported Pacific and Atlantic and Kumamoto oysters? He's like, no, these things come and go. The, The populations fluctuate. But without habitat, the creature just isn't going to thrive. And now with warming bay waters, that presents another big challenge. So what is it um, that the Wild Oyster Project does? Who did you talk to for this story? Um, I talked to the marine biologist, uh, Javon Kaki, who is both a graduate student at San Francisco State and works for this nonprofit. Um, He sort of schooled me on the Olympia oyster. Basics are all oysters are not the same. Of course, the way they taste is influenced by where they grow, but there's also different species. There's the Pacific, which is from Japan. There's also the Kumamoto, which is from Japan. There's the Atlantic, um, which is from the East Coast. And um, if you go to a restaurant, you're more likely to have a Pacific or an Atlantic oyster, um, and you're very unlikely to get an Olympia oyster They grow really slow. They're not a good commercial product. Um, They do grow them up in Puget Sound, I think. But you wouldn't want to eat an oyster from the San Francisco Bay anyway because it's just not clean enough to eat bivalves or mussels or any sort of um, invertebrate, even most fish. One thing that I think is cool here is the habitat restoration involves not just, you know, people pulling weeds or anything like that. It involves collecting oyster shells from restaurants 
What's a great source of oyster shells? Restaurants. And putting them in the bay for the Olympia oysters to grow on. Now, these shells are from non-native species, but the restaurants have them. They're just going to compost them or throw them away. So why not collect them? And uh, the other part of the project is studying where to put the oyster shells so that the Olympia oysters, which are mobile when they're babies, they're sort of tiny little microscopic creatures, so that they'll sort of find them, which is amazing because there are Olympia oyster babies floating around the bay. And if they find the right substrate, the right hard stuff to settle on and grow into the, you know, two-shelled bivalve that we recognize, then they'll do that. So it, it's really amazing that that they have put these sort of concrete structures, hollow, you put the oyster shells in there, and then the baby Olympias, they find them somehow and they grow. So what's in it for the restaurants? Most of them, they just want to do the right thing. They're seafood restaurants, uh, so they understand that um, protecting native species uh, is important and they want to be ecologically sound. We're talking seafood restaurants that go through like hundreds of oysters by the platter. Yeah. I went to, to the Pier 23 Cafe. They go through three, 400 oysters um, in a, on a good weekend. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I also talked to the chef of uh, Lazy Bear, very high-end restaurant. They're serving you like one precious little oyster with lots of fancy culinary things done to it. And so they go, f- go through fewer oysters, but they're invested in being sustainable and serving local food. Uh, they do not serve Olympia oysters, but um, uh, so they really want to do the right thing and support this kind of project. The chef there, uh, David Barzelay, he told me there's really nothing that encapsulates local flavors better than an oyster because they're seasonal and they reflect so much where they're grown. I have eaten an Olympia oyster Mm -hmm. up in Washington State uh, on the far west side of uh, the Olympic Peninsula. I went to, you know, was on a road trip, went to a little oyster farm and, uh, and tried them. And I don't, they, it tasted like an oyster. (laughs) (laughs) I love oysters. They say they're not as sparkly, briny as Pacific's. Um, But to think that they were a staple food of the ohlone for so many years. Um, uh, they must have had some delicious preparations. Yes. And I guess my last point is just being there is a movement to sort of look to more indigenous and native ways because their ways were a little bit more sustainable um, than we are practicing now. And so I think it's, it's cool to sort of... Um, look to see what was important to them um, and kind of use our modern ways of thinking to try and and do things right. One of my questions was, why this fuss over one species? If the Pacifics and the Atlantics grow faster, wouldn't they be better tools for restoring the bay? Mm -hmm. And the marine biologist said, well, that's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But really, the Olympia was one piece in a thriving ecosystem that humans depended on and built a civilization around. They ate so much seafood and uh, it was just, you know, lived off the fat of the land kind of thing. Um, And so to take away, so to support one particular species is a way of 
supporting the entire ecosystem, all the Dungeness crabs and rock crabs that evolved along with the Olympia oyster in the San Francisco Bay and up and down the West Coast and um, built reefs that with full of life that we can only begin to imagine when we look at the bay right now and see all of the infrastructure and silt that have accumulated. Well, I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Special thanks to my colleague, KCBS radio reporter Raquel Maria Dillon, for teaching me a few new things about oysters this week. To hear Raquel's special report on the work the Wild Oyster Project is doing, head to kcbsradio.com, look under podcasts and the on-demand section, or you can listen by finding KCBS radio on the Odyssey app. Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. I'm Mallory Sumera. Subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 